Hi. Welcome to Humans Decoded. I am Kieran Trace. And I'm Meg Rogel. And this is a silly and fun chat about the vast potential of our human blueprints, which is what we refer to as a true story of elves, fairies, hobbits, gnomes, dwarfs, and humans. Welcome to part two. If you missed part one, do catch up with that. In part two, we're starting to discuss the rest of the avatars. We start answering some key questions about this process of understanding these human suits we're in. We, as sort of experts in the field, are speaking very plainly and point blank about these patterns that make up what we're calling your human avatar, but they are alive around you. They are in the books you read and in the movies you see and um, in the environments that you walk into. So um, we hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi. Hi. So today we're going to look at elves and gnomes. Right. (laughs) So here's my question for you. What's the overlap of those two? Like, how would they Venn diagram? How do they connect? Right. Um, Elves and gnomes share being very quite mental creatures. They got a lot of ideas. So they're going to overlap with, like, ideas galore. The kinds of ideas are a little different. (laughs) So you've got elves with lots of new ideas, what's going to push something forward, some kind of innovation, visualization, organization, (laughs) business plan. And for those gnomes, they're going to be researching all those details of the execution, maybe all the information you need in order to execute that. So there's a lot of thought, but the content's quite different and the focus is different. That's what I'd say. Cool. I like it. Let's just jump into it. Let's do it. This is our beautiful co-producer, Austin Peters. Hi, everybody. Hi, Austin. Austin has compiled a bunch of Q&As. All righty. Um, I want to start with elves, honestly, because that's that's my that's what I know and what I know a lot about being one myself. Um, can you talk about the strength of an elf? Mm-hmm. Um, the strength of the first strength of an elf is everybody wants to be one. <laughs> I don't know if that's just because Orlando Bloom killed it as Legolas, mm-hmm. um, or there's just like, these great, you know, like images of That's elves, you know, and people have different. They're so beautiful, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the strength is, um, no, so, so the strength of elves are very strategic and can be quite organized. Doesn't mean they're not coming across a little chaotic um, because they're so fast. They can appear chaotic to a different uh to like a hobbit or a dwarf that's moving slower or even a gnome but generally speaking the strength of an elf is that they are strategic um and they are deeply organized and can move very quick in that organization or in that structure so yeah yeah and then give me a weakness like where do they fall Where are the shortcomings? Elves can be very lost in an idea, following through an idea, um, which part of the strength we talked about, it makes them great visionaries, but it actually can make them really stupid. Sometimes they're really like 
And I mean that in a playful way and in a silly way, but they can actually be a little like, duh, like kind of miss the obvious because they're in their own thought stream. They're busy solving world hunger or (laughs) cancer or how to something. There's a, there's a big, beautiful idea going along. And then there's all these practical elements that there's like obvious that they're kind of like, duh. And so what that can look like a lot is that the material form of the material world gets skimmed because they're in an idea. So they, you know, leave their clothes on the floor instead of folding them and putting them away or they um, never wash the sheets or never wash the towels because they're busy in an idea and they're thinking through something or, or working on a problem. And that just seems like too slow and will divert them away because they were just on the edge of something so juicy. And then to have to stop it and put their clothes, like to put something in the laundry. Dude, to, to stop and eat? <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. It's the worst. It's the what, worst. What? It's so Why bad. Do, I don't want to do that. No, it is awful. And people will often be like, I've never, like, I've heard this before, like from hobbits. My, my mother's a hobbit. And she'll be like, I've never heard anyone. Like, I can't believe it when someone says, you know, I, I didn't have time to eat. It's like, how, how could you not have time to eat? Just be an elf. Be an elf. <laughs> and it's so difficult to stop. And then to, for an elf to like come into the form, slow down enough to come into your body and hear what your body wants to eat and then actually make that. And so that can be a weakness. I mean, you can... And then, and that's why things like microwaves are really good for elves <laughs> and wicker baskets <laughs> instead of drawers are really good for elves and yep. uh, hooks right at the shower <laughs> and uh, a toothbrush in the shower and a toothbrush <laughs> at the sink. You know, there's like behavioral supports <laughs> because yeah. the week the, they can be duh, they can get lost driving, even though they're so strategic and they're so visionary and they can see where you're going, but then they get into an idea and they'll lose their keys and lose their wallets and lose their, you know, all the time. Talking about eating. What do they like to eat? Good. Elves. And maybe don't, and maybe don't like to eat also. Elves are very protein based. (coughs) Fat and protein is their way to go. Um, It has to do with helping ground that, idea the ideas and help them bring them back into their bodies and the systems from what i can tell but if you're looking at like a keto diet would be a great diet for um an elf because it's just fat bombs and high levels of protein i mean mm-hmm. more fat than protein which is which an elf could do more protein than fat or fat and protein but all fat and protein is really good so if you were looking at a plate an elf wants you know like 10% fruit and vegetable and maybe 10% carb and yeah. 80% fat and protein. Um, and so that seems outlandish <laughs> to any other type. And often lots of times when I'm bringing people home to themselves and I'll say like, this is, this is how an elf eats. They'd be like, not me, <laughs> not me. And it might be a few years and then I'll get a phone call. My God. <laughs> All I've been eating is salmon, and pork chops, and I feel so good. So a keto I, I have diet experience with that for sure is really same. good for the elf. Nice. 
Yeah, I, I have friends like that too. And just people who, <laughs> like, once they find the alignment of it's actually just meat, and it, they just feel so much, so much better. <laughs> totally. Um, they're like, all their headaches go away. They sleep better. All, like, everything that was wrong is suddenly correct. And they mm-hmm. actually can eat more mm-hmm. because fat, the the fat in the in the um protein can be digested better for elves. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, don't, I, yeah. I can't explain it, but the carbs slow them down and get them bloated and challenged and they can't quite go there, but you yeah. can eat a, two pieces of chicken with the fat on and a yeah. few, you know, raspberries mm-hmm. and it'll last you for four hours. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do they do for work? Like what's, what's an ideal job for an elf? Anything that has a lot of organization and visionary Hmm. is great. And so um, there's a lot of occupations that can overlap. But I would say like I like you're really looking at like movie directors, for instance, or you're looking at um, like CEOs and, and people whose thoughts and ideas are about finding those solutions like Steve Jobs or. Uh, you're also looking at uh, like entrepreneurs, whether that's a educational entrepreneur or a social entrepreneur or, you know, like whatever, but entrepreneurs are good. Um, but you can also have a lot of um, medical professionals. Um, I might think that a hobbit is better as a GP and a specialized, you know, neurosurgeon is an elf. Um, oh, I see. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you can have musicians that are elves. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's possible cause they're so cool and mm-hmm. so clairvoyant, like, like, or so captivating. I mean, cool and a lot of charisma. They can be the lead person in the band. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that elves are pati- particularly excel at the music. Like if you were looking at a great musician, you're looking at a gnome. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Jimi Hendrix or something mm-hmm. like that. But the elf can put the band together really well. <laughs> and they might have the full piece of music in their head. <laughs> and the full vision of that album mm-hmm. in their head, you know, so the band leader. Mm-hmm. Right. But the execution of the playing is a little different. Yeah. 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 Um, how, how really good dress? managerial oh, stuff. What's that? How do they dress? Like, how do they look? Yeah, they're very, very simple creatures, ironically, because they're moving at the speed of these ideas and everything else is in the way. (laughs) Um, And so although they will always be very cool, all black is really good. You'll notice I'm wearing all black. You're wearing all black. (laughs) Yeah, all black with some really, really beautiful jewelry. (laughs) Simple, but but simple. Um, We like kind of high tech fabrics that'll whisk away, that'll be light, that'll be, you know, we don't want, we don't care if it's a natural fabric. (laughs) We don't care. We don't want anything itchy or wooly on us. And so we like microfibers and we like, you know, performance clothing. (laughs) And if it's a clothes that can do double duty or triple duty, a piece of clothing that can do that, we want it. (laughs) And so really, if you think of like, some like an like an Italian wardrobe that is like really beautifully designed, super cool, and you just have like two gorgeous coats, two pairs of pants, four t-shirts, and one pair of jeans. That's an elf. It's like yeah. I always say elves do not need walk-in closets. 
They need a clothing hamper. That's what they use. That's what they used to make a podcast with. (laughs) (laughs) We're in my master closet. (laughs) It's a recording studio because I have a wicker hamper beside the bed. Uh, But you need the wicker hamper to have like um, sections in it because everything's black. (laughs) You can't just. Oh yeah, totally. It can't just be a mess. It can't just. You got to fucking. Yeah, you got to know that pants are on this side. And, you know, your underwear on this side because it's all black anyway. Yeah. But it's like beautifully tailored, really, really well made, will last for four to 15 years. Although elves will turn turn it around like like I'd rather buy something new than fix it. (laughs) (laughs) And I sometimes would rather buy something new than wash it (laughs) because I got to move quick. Respect. I'm just going to move quick. So super efficient, hyper efficiency mm-hmm. is an elf. Great. Yeah. yeah. And so then can you name some people that I might know, like some celebrities or public figures that are elves? Well, clearly Legolas. <laughs> is Orlando Bloom, though? No, he's not, actually, no. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But Gwyneth Paltrow is. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow is an elf. Um, very, very, very stylish, but also very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but is so charismatic and super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, big visionary, big business, you know? Yep. Beyonce and Jay-Z are both elves. And Jesus. Those are really mm-hmm. unique expressions because they're a little bit different. But Jay-Z, I mean, is the coolest dude in the world, right? He walk, mm-hmm. like, walks into the room. He's the center of everything, super charismatic, all black, super, super, super mm-hmm. efficient. Empire builders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Let's pause right there. All righty. Gnomes. Gnomes. What's the strength of a gnome? Gnomes are these deep divers. Um, gnomes are information-based they are researchers. They love to dive deep into whatever they're they're pursuing. Um, so, you know, you'll know a gnome by how deep they go, and and they're going to go through their body like a hobbit, but um, they're going to be just laden with information. So I always think of Nancy Silverton, this chef who started La Brea Bakery Company, and when she was first working on her bread. I think she made something like 2000 breads (laughs) to get it just right. Um, She was making, it was as if she was the first person to ever make bread. And she borrowed from, and she researched how people made bread from like time immortal. (laughs) Um, But she went with her hands, learned how to make her bread. So the strength of a gnome is the willingness to get all the information, the 360 degree view on whatever they're doing. Um, and they're they're they'll take the time to do it. So they're executors, but they're executors in this highly sensual, deeply information based way. Um, you can count on them to make that unbelievably delicious bread. I um, I have a friend who is a gnome who um, she's sort of the top forensic psychologist in demand in Chicago for a time, and she did like you know forensic examinations and, and evaluations. And she would research and meet with these folks for hours and hours and hours on end and come up with like the best assessment um, that, you know, the courts had seen for um, what to do uh, with uh, um, with folks in Cook County Jail. Um, She was she was 
she would meet with them personally. She would study their case. She would give them all the tests. She would put all this information together and really literally put it through her body as well and come up with um, that sort of amazing assessment. She also could cook me an egg better than <laughs> anybody I knew. So that depth of sensual information and information in general is where you're going to see those gnomes shine. And then what about a weakness? What are they... What's a weakness? Well, they can get kind of lost in there <laughs> and um, they can have these deep projects going that can look like really disorganized. My father has had uh, three different home projects going on. He's a gnome um, and they, they're going on for upwards of a year at this point um, because he's wanting to get that paint color just right and he's wanting the frame to be the right frame for the photo that he that he took in Europe and that has the brick color that's going to match the paint color in the photo mm. um, so they can get a little uh, stuck and a little moody and a little um, um, they, they sort of have a difficult time coming out of their of their gnome hole um, I always joke that like gnomes will just they'll go to the basement and they'll be there for days and you won't see them. And so they might miss like their kids rehearsal. They might miss, um, uh, you know, other important things in their life because they're so deep involved in something. Hmm. Damn. Okay. And they can be a little, as we like to say, Eeyore-ish. They can be a little, little moody. That can really work in their favor. It can be a strength as well um, because they can see th something that others haven't seen um, with a piece of art or with a, a project or a piece of research <laughs> that, that needs um, to be brought to light, but um, they can also get uh, kind of dark and grumpy <laughs> a bit, um, a bit lost there. So they need uplifting and they need um, often people to uplift them. Um, yeah. They have a hard time getting out of it themselves. How do they, how do they eat? What do they like to eat? Oh, gnomes eat well, usually. I don't know a gnome that doesn't like eat artisan made really high quality food um very different than an elf if we were to put them on a spectrum um <coughs> not that elves don't eat high quality food but an elf is interested in efficiency and a gnome is interested in that sensual depth so they and then the food that they the that they eat it's can be similar to a hobbit lots of veg a fair amount of carbs they can do well with a low amount of a meat protein um but they're gonna like you know they're gonna they're going to saute those veggies um, in that saffron sauce that they got at the local farmer's market. And they're going to have gotten that, you know, imported cheese that um, the hobbit might not care about. And the elf certainly, you know, is not that important. Um, so your gnome, your gnome meals are um, really well-rounded, usually often home cooked and deeply um, like rich in, in the research and the um, ingredients involved. It's okay. funny, right? Because when we think of the fairy needing a lot of sugar because they're moving so fast, an elf who needs a lot of protein and, and fat to ground them. Mm. But as we go towards the hobbit and the gnomes who are moving really slowly, they just, they don't need the sugar, the fat, or the protein nearly so much. No. What they need is that, and that's where those veggies and those, um, yep. you know, carbohydrates that are complex carbohydrates come in because they're they're already so grounded yeah. and they're moving slow and so food meets them at that level it's yeah. it's interesting slow digesting food cuz they're they're slower yeah yeah what do they uh, look like how do they dress how do they dress um gnomes are often pretty hip and funky <laughs> they can 
also do a bookish thing. I sometimes I'll see I'll describe like there's sort of two different kinds of gnomes. More that like like my father is a little more bookish versus funky. So you'll see um, a cardigan or a vest. You'll see Brooks Brothers pants and some traditional like. Um, you know, leather shoes. Um, and he's going to look like he belongs in the library and he's got little round spectacles. Um, and then if you take that to the funky gnome, they might have the same round spectacles, but they're going to have like, I don't know, a really funky t-shirt or a really, um, um, I think of, um, ice cube is a good example of a gnome, like a funky hat, a funky hooded sweatshirt, some baggy pants and like, funky high tops, you know, that were are like yeah. vintage that he researched and he got from, you know, what Michael Jordan's second line, you know, and, and and he knows exactly why he got those those exact high tops. That's your gnome. Okay. What about like uh like a female gnome? Like Yeah, female gnome. Think of um Yoko Ono or um you know, pretty funky, pretty loose clothing. Um, I, a lot of female is in the way that fairies love flowers. I think female gnomes love polka dots. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to, you're going to see a female gnome with some prints, but it's going to be more textured. It's going to be more long lasting. Again, there might have been sort of researched that outfit. Um, I yeah. follow a gnome, um, woman who's into fashion on Instagram and she, she thrift stores most of her clothes and there'll be like a, a vibrant print of a dress and she'll know who the maker was. She'll know the, the kind of lapel that's on it. She'll love that it's vintage. She'll upcycle it in some way. She'll funkify it with a purse and some big high tops. Um, that's going to be your gnome. It's like I'm picturing that person right now. Yeah, totally. So then what do they, what do they, what should they do for work? What should be the job? Oh, artists and artisans of every stripe. Um, the, you know, they're going to be those 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 fine artists, those the the Van Goghs, the, um, the great composers, Anderson Pack you mentioned earlier. Um, they're you know Yoko Ono. We've got um, when it comes to like musicians, they're often. Um, they can be the composers, but they can also be really good with the tech and really good with the, um, the mastery of the instrument. So like mm. a masterful bass player um, or the guy that mixes the electronics um, and is your sound engineer is going to be more of your known because there's a lot of information that you need to understand as a, as a sound engineer and you need to be listening to all these central bits of information and putting it together. And they're going to have mm. the patience and the fortitude and the time and the sitting in a basement to mix that sound engineering, um, different than obviously than an elf, um, or other, other creatures. So, but that could be like, like a video editor, too, video editor, exactly. Or you yeah. could be a DOP, like director of photography on a set, or you could be, but it's also, the great artists, the great chefs, the great yes. musicians, like the, the, the big famous global chefs or restaurateur, you know, like yep. those are gnomes. Yep. Also the ag academics. Yep. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They're quite, they can be quite bookish, right? They, no matter what their pursuit, they, right. they want lots of information. So they will have researched um, almost anything they're pursuing. So you get great academics, many, many, um, satisfied academics, you know, they'll, they, they would love a day in the library <laughs> and they're actually going to read the, you know, the white paper <laughs> that, you know, an elf would skim, a hobbit wouldn't read. <laughs> um, the gnome will actually read it. <laughs> and but the gnomes, and the gnomes are going to spend a time in the library, no matter what they are. They could be a yes. very famous potter of 
Korean descent, and they are researching ancient Chinese pottery yes. in order to create the perfect glaze for, you know, like, like yes. no matter what, they're going to be researching They're going to be researching it. Yep. My dad re researched like bird feeders for six months before he bought 12 of them. <laughs> I meant to buy one and buy 12. Because well. yes. <laughs> they are collectors. They are collectors. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And their clothes, like to speak of like, often it's a collection. It's like a vintage piece, you know, and they have 10 vintage pieces of, you oh, know, yeah. the concert t-shirts. Yeah. Cool. Let's, uh, let's talk about some famous gnome people. Famous gnomes. Sure. Um, We've got Ricky Gervais, Sarah Silverman. These are the comedians we love. Um, Alice Walker. I like going Bob Dylan because if Bob you think Dylan. of Bob Dylan, who is a gnome, versus John Lennon, who is an elf, mm -hmm. um, versus Elton John, who is a fairy, mm -hmm. you can start to see those avatars. Yes. And Bob Dylan, right? This is a... He's 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 political. He's he's a little moody. Um, he's he's an innovator, but is he's not. It's not an all ideas, right? He's and he's he's perfecting the his guitar. He's got a lot to say, <laughs> um, and he's got that like um, that sensual quality. Um, that's that's all his own, right? Very unique. And then you do the same, right? Because Bill Gates would be a gnome. Versus Steve Jobs, mm -hmm. who is an elf. And one is really bookish and kind of academic and kind of a little nerdy. Mm -hmm. And the other is very cool, very charismatic. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like you can kind of, you start to, when you put the same success level in the same industry and you put them beside each other, you start to begin to see the avatars, the yeah. different avatars. Yeah. I think of Jeff Goldblum as a quintessential gnome. It, the way he talks, right? He's literally like chewing his words. Have you ever seen him in an interview? He'll quote William Blake for two minutes long, you know, and, um, you know, he loves food. He loves wine. He loves all things sensual. And he's literally like exuding gnome with those big black glasses. The way he dresses. Too. The way he dresses. Yeah. yeah he's very Seth funky. Rogen, mm -hmm. Gnome. David Chang, very famous gnome chef. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Seth and Dave, they're good examples too, because they can they can take those substances. <laughs> they um gnomes can eat, gnomes can drink drink and smoke. Yeah. They're yeah. grounded. That grounded, slow nature mm -hmm. can do it more than the real quick ones. Okay. Love it. I'm just curious, like why would I use this in my life? Like why is this why is any of this relevant to my life? Here's the thing mm -hmm. that is important to mention is that this system isn't related or connected to the personality. No. It's connected to the human suit. <laughs> yes. It's like the actual human suit that you're wearing. Your avatar. <laughs> the avatar, we like to say. Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the vast field of source is coming into shape as your human suit. Mm -hmm. And that is different than your being and your personality. And uh, as we keep going and talking, we can talk about that a little bit, but like we might consider your being something that is uh, crosses many lifetimes, but you'll have had different mm -hmm. human suits in each of those lifetimes. Mm -hmm. 
And you could say that your personality was shaped by various belief systems. Conditioning. And conditioning, that you may have had a, a type of personality in your childhood that's actually quite different mm-hmm. in your adolescence or, or in your... And they, they link, they're a similar sense, and they definitely mm-hmm. link to the being, mm-hmm. the, the same being, a recognizable being, mm-hmm. that even after someone drops the body or dro- you know someone passes on, that you can describe a person's being and you can sense their being. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but what we're talking about is sort of the the shape, like the the human suit that you came in with, mm-hmm. has these principles, has mm-hmm. these types of movements, movements and, and ways it ways it moves. <laughs> yeah, ways that it moves in the world, and that once we know what suit we're wearing in this particular lifetime, things click and make sense because it's a. Uh, it's, it's how we're moving in the world of form. We're moving in the world of form through a type of mm-hmm. suit. And when I'm talking about form, I'm talking about a three-dimensional material form, but also I'm talking about the energetic mm-hmm. form, which is to say the movement of your, um, your field of being. Like the field of your being is moving in a certain contained way. Um, Mm -hmm. and that represents, and there's, there's patterns to that and all the ways that that, that suit is engaging with other suits and engaging with the forms of the world and the energy of the world. And so understanding which one you came in with Mm -hmm. can be really super fun, super helpful, clarifying. And, um, I think just, just, it brings in a sense of something you already, you already understood. Yeah. When you start to see the detail of your avatar, you feel seen, you feel heard. You can finally relax into your own proclivities. There are like unique expressions of gnomes. Every gnome there is, is a unique expression of a gnome. But nevertheless, it kind of lets you relax back into the way that you are instead of the invisible mainstream pressure to be a certain way. And then we have families, our family of origin, or a chosen family that we might have a huge pressure to be a certain way. For instance, being vegan, this could be important politically. Your family of choice may say, or you may have a family of origin that for religious reasons, being a vegetarian or vegan is important. But you're an elf, and elves are the least benefited by any kind of vegetarianism or veganism. And to understand that, there's this relaxing back instead of fighting this thing. And as you start to discover authentically who you are, the avatar that you are, there's a fulfillment and a right alignment that happens. And... I've never worked with anyone that I pointed out what they were. So then they immediately went there. Mm-hmm. It was like, <laughs> if you point out what they are, people just take, they take their own time, sometimes a few years yeah, absolutely, to yeah. kind of find that rhythm. And then it's this beautiful thing that you witness again and again is someone sort of finding like when an elf eventually finds the amount of protein that they really <laughs> want it is so hilarious and fun and <laughs> wonderful because everything starts functioning better. Like they sleep yeah. better. They're in less pain. They stop craving sugar. They have way yes. less rashes. They have way more energy in the day. But that's just elves because if you tried to give that much protein to a mm. hobbit or a fairy, you're going to get the reverse. Yeah. Mm. So there's these things that as soon as they begin to find themselves, which could mm-hmm. be anywhere from six months to five years. Yeah. But when... But I have always found that when I start to like, we lay out these blueprints and we give the full map of what that, what each avatar is, 
people start to like, they still have to find their own way there. Yeah. And, but it doesn't require any belief. It requires just that willingness to listen. And what we found is people are willing to hear. Um, And then, yeah, they go at their own pace. They try things out in their own way. And then they're going to get results if it's in alignment, like they'll just feel better. So no belief required. And I've heard from you guys too, just like, obviously you work with a ton of clients from all over the world and this is applicable to a lot of them. And we find that like, Children, like if, you, if you're a parent and you have children that they're really into this, in my case, uh, I, I don't have children, but I have a lot of friends that like can talk this language. So we're often sort of like in the community you've set up here, we're often able to each support each other and say like, okay, well, we know we move different. Like I might have a hobbit friend over here and a, you know, an elf friend over here and we can, we can sort of start to circumvent life together that way. And it becomes so much more, in my experience, um, just more playful and harmonious and really, really supportive, which is what I think is so personally valuable about this. So I just wanted to say that. Yeah. The fellowship is what's so wonderful. All Mm -hmm. five avatars in the room Mm -hmm. solve something with such beautiful diversity. Diversity is the win. That Mm -hmm. is the win. Mm -hmm. That is the, gives us the breadth and the depth of any sort of a solution. And those are always available and it gets to be really playful and really fun when everybody's authentically themselves, instead of pushing towards an artificial story of harmony where there's no diversity Mm -hmm. to say harmony Mm -hmm. is just this one note. Mm -hmm. And if we can all hit and pitch this one note, whatever it is, we're all vegans who don't wear leather, who are not interested in the news, but actually protest, you know, like this is the note and then we're in harmony. Um, that's, there's no truth or accuracy to that. There's an enormous amount yeah. of repression. Yeah. And so harmony is when the diversity, all the different notes are actually together. And that's what creates all that harmonic yeah, it's such a beautiful chorus, but they're very different voices. I have a cousin who has a family of, um, she's a gnome, her husband's a dwarf, she has an elf child, a fairy child, and a hobbit child. And the way that they do everything has shifted in learning this, because there's there are no, there's now an allowing, there's not everybody trying to come together at the exact same time for dinner eating the same thing. There's an allowing of the elf to be to eat two hours later and follow his ideas up in his own room, and the fairy to do an entertainment <laughs> you know, show at dinner and everybody's much more fulfilled allowing their diverse expression and, and, and everybody wins like the, the dwarf dad who would love for everybody to come and follow the rules should everybody be at dinner. He's having a much more fun time being entertained by the fairy and not trying to force his elf son to come down. Cool. Thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Love you.